1: NFR Extra Episode 76 The 2020 Wrangler National Finals Rodeo has truly delivered and it's not done yet. And the gentleman we're talking to today has rode this roller coaster of the rodeo industry all year long leading up to where we are today. And now it's in his backyard. A native of Pendleton, Oregon, a town known for its western roots and famous outdoor rodeo, Steve Kenyon has worked for more than 25 years in professional rodeo media. He's best known as the face and co host of Western Sports Roundup and is beloved as his work as a rodeo announcer and analyst as well as radio and TV host for RFD-TV, Rural Radio, Sirius XM 147, and the Cowboy Channel. Before we start our conversation with Mr. Kenyon, here is NFR Rewind with Jeff Metters and Butch Knowles from the Cowboy Channel.
2: Round number four, the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo. Success here means pretty much just digging in and getting ready for a long haul. It's a 10-round battle. Round number four was really fun, and we saw some guys that are trying to win a world championship kind of step to the forefront.
3: Yeah, they really did, and a lot of different events. You know, it, it was a great night to watch because... Uh, Guys came in needing to win. That's exactly what they pulled off. Well,
2: they were talking about Tim O'Connell being injured in the bareback riding and uh, it did not show in round number four. He's trying to win world championship number four. Matched up with Papa Top 90 and a half points for him as he got the round win.
3: Yeah, Casey Field was nine points ahead of him as far as the average is concerned before this ride. Casey was 81. O'Connell picked up all of that with that big win.
2: You know, Jacob Talley came in number two. He's been kind of lackluster until round number four.
3: You know, he drew a good steer. They split the round on this steer.
2: He knew he had the chance, but you still have to make yourself run at the barrier. Great effort. Yeah, whether you're first or fifteenth lightning can strike at any time. That happened in the uh the team roping. Britain Hall and Chase Tryon out of the world championship race, but they were fast 4-2.
3: Yeah, Chase Tryon has not been happy with his roping here. He took care of that in round four. Uh, right or right, <laughs> what can you say about this kid? Boy, right or right will not go away. He's trying to win another world title. Wide Casper still has the lead, but he got bucked off tonight, right or right, wins the go-around in a tough pin of bronze. Yeah, he's yeah. in the driver's seat right now. Adam Gray, seven-eight. He was a go-around winner. Boy, how easy did he make this look? Every step was perfect the plank
2: the string the tie everything looked good and he won the round in barrel racing how about the one two gals in the world going one two in the go-around Brittany posey tanazzi wound up number two Haley kinzel wins another round
3: man how tough and after last night you know she and sister's sister didn't handle the ground very well last night boy tonight spot on again a go-around win for her it is a real battle as we go into round number five.
2: Yeah, it's going to go all the way around to round number 10 with those two. Ty Wallace got a rewrite. He had the, he was the last guy to go, but we saved the best for last. Now, how cool is that? If he didn't get out
3: on his bull. and just said, well, get on that one right there. He does and does everything perfect. Big win for Wallace.
2: Man, it's hard to believe tonight is the midway point. Round number five of the 2020 Wrangler National Finals Rodeo Texas style. We'll see you on the Cowboy Channel and RFD TV.
0: The next generation of rodeo stars will compete at the Junior World Finals presented by Yeti. From December 3rd through 12th at the Wrangler Rodeo Arena inside the Cowtown Coliseum at the famous Fort Worth Stockyards, more than 750 youth contestants will compete for titles at nine events. Bull riding, team roping, tie-down roping, steer wrestling, barrel racing, breakaway, pole bending, mini saddle bronc riding, and mini bareback riding. Competition starts at 7.30 a.m. daily and admission is just 10 bucks. Visit NFRExperience.com for details.
2: Hey, this is Chancey
0: Williams, and you're listening to NFR Extra.
1: Steve Kenyon joins us to share his beginnings in the rodeo industry behind the microphone, the crazy rodeo roller coaster ride the past nine months, and covering the NFR in his backyard right there in Texas. Mr. Steve Kenyon, we've been looking forward to this. Welcome to NFR Extra.
4: Thank you, Nivette. You know, you've been on my show. It's about time you have me on yours. So, yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, you know, we talked about this over the summer. There's a few people that we actually have had on a list to bring on, and timing is everything. And so, same with yourself. Had we brought you on, oh, man, go back over to the summer sometime when we were looking at this. I don't think it would have been as a good interview as what it's going to be today. We brought on Glenn Allen Phillips uh just a couple weeks ago. Had we interviewed him back in May, it would have been eh, okay, how did you do a Zoom meeting? Okay, yeah, you you, know, you you did what you did. Now you're you're GM of the NFR. No way. Like just you think about kind of the adventure you all have been on in this business and it's been super interesting. But um let's just so we can dive in. Let's let's go back to when Mr. Kenyon got involved in the sport of rodeo. Can you take us back when you got into this industry?
4: The story I'm about to tell Steve Godert will recognize because it is a story that is so familiar for so many rodeo announcers, rodeo clowns, bullfighters, right place, right time. Somebody else either didn't show, couldn't show, couldn't do what they're supposed to do. I was running a radio station um, in a little town called McMinnville, Oregon. I went to college and... Linfield college in McMinnville, Oregon. I was working for a radio station there and a group of kids we knew put on a high school rodeo and, uh, they had some issues with their announcer at the time and came to me and said, and I knew them because I, you know, they were all on the football team. I was doing play by play for the football games too, and the basketball teams. And, uh, they said, we'd really like it if you come announce our rodeo. And, and at that time, honest to God, my answer was, I have no idea how to announce a rodeo. And they said, well, you know us all, so it'll be fine. And, uh, uh, and so I announced her rodeo and we got done and Godard's going to laugh at this one. Uh, we got done. And one of the ladies in the, and this is how little I knew at the time, one of the ladies, one of the high school rodeo moms walks up and hands me a check for like $250. And I thought, oh my God, I'm never going to have another poor day. And she said, and I quote, well, you're on your way to being the next Bob Tallman. And in the background of my, of my mind, as I'm smiling and saying, thank you. My exact thoughts were who the hell is Bob Tallman? That is how old I knew at the time. And from there, um, I got hired for three more jobs. They were all little, you know, high, two high school rodeos and an open amateur rodeo. But that's how I kind of dove into the sport of rodeo. First rodeo I ever went to, I was probably 10 years old. It was in St. Paul, Oregon, like 1969, 1970. And, I, and, and at St. Paul, at that time, you could have seen Larry Mahan. You could have seen uh, God only knows how many different big name contestants, historic contestants you could have seen. The person I remember was a gentleman named Mel Lambert and Mel Lambert's in the NFR a couple of times. Um, He was at that time, one of the most well-known and well-recognized rodeo announcers in the country. And I remember Mel always did Um, to this day. I still think I learned some things from just sitting there listening to him, but that's how I got into the rodeo business. And one thing led to another, eventually Bob Tallman became one of my best friends Um, he kind of mentored me and schooled me a little bit. Um, I lived in Oregon while his daughter was going through high school and uh, joined the PRCA in 1994, got involved in doing radio for the NFR back in 2006. And so here we are today.
1: Well, hold on though. You just totally just skipped a lot of meat of stuff. So clearly you got started, but how did like you get into the media side of the business where, I mean, because
4: if, if. Some people do I, The answer to your question is I always was in the media side of the business. I was a radio guy. Yep. Before I was a rodeo guy. Um so. I had I had a, I had a degree in journalism before I I ever knew how to how to describe what a bareback rider was trying to do or what a calf roper was trying to do. And so I I had always been in radio. Um I love radio. Um I'm very passionate about radio. And um and so I had always been in radio and then rodeo came along. And then eventually, you know, I got an opportunity, like I said, back in 2006 to kind of merge the two together, um, was hired for a couple of years by um, a company at that time that held the, the rights to produce the radio broadcasts of the NFR. They were unable to continue in 2008. The PRCA gave me that opportunity I had no clue what I was doing, but we just plowed forward anyway. I started a little website called Pro Radio Live, and um, that's how I really kind of ended up. All of that, you know, that led to eventually getting a phone call from RFD-TV and Rural Radio when they went on the air in 2013, wanting to know if they could pick up the the radio broadcast we were doing of the NFR. Um, I went out and started doing a bunch of rodeos outside of the national finals, went to San Antonio, went to the Ram National Circuit Finals, uh, went to Cheyenne went to some of those big events and one thing sort of led to another but I was actually the answer to your question is how did you get into the media side of it I was I was a radio guy doing play by play for football and basketball who fell into rodeo and then found a way to come back so that I was able to do both all of the media stuff do you know the live coverage of events and still announce rodeos so I, I I got very lucky because I stumbled into the best of both worlds.
1: Let's go to break. And when we return, we'll dive into media coverage of Rodeo then and now through the voice of Steve Kenyon.
2: cowboy christmas the wrangler nfr's only official gift show is open daily at the fort worth convention center through december 12th cowboy christmas is no ordinary western shopping fest you'll find hundreds of exhibitors with the most unique western apparel art furniture jewelry and so much more if you need it you can find it here there's something for everyone at cowboy christmas and admission is free get more at nfrexperience.com cowboy christmas we're all in in texas and it's all here Glenn
0: Allen Phillips, I'm general manager of the National Finals Rodeo and uh, joining you on
4: uh, NFR Extra.
1: We are back with Steve Kenyon on NFR Extra. Kenyon broke into radio when he was just 18, playing records and eventually doing sports play-by-plays at the local AM radio station in Klamath Falls, Oregon. As you alluded to in sports, you know, that you covered, there's competition, right? There's other folks doing this. What did the rodeo landscape look like as you were diving into that side on the radio business, et cetera, et cetera?
4: You know, it's so funny how much this business has changed. You go back to the mid 2000s. I've got a PRCA card. I'm announcing a bunch of rodeos. I'm doing a whole bunch of the Columbia River Circuit. Um, I've had the pleasure to announce the Columbia River Circuit Finals for almost 20 years now. Um, But at that time, um, if you wanted to, I was doing a little bit of writing for a couple of papers, regional papers up in the Northwest that were covering rodeo. If you wanted to get results from the Saturday night performance in Prineville, Oregon, and you weren't there, you might have to wait until the Tuesday edition of the Central Oregon newspaper came out and get the results in. Now we got them instantly, just like that. Um, The landscape at the time, I think we were at that moment, and I'm not claiming credit for this in any way, shape, or form. It just happened to be that the timing was right. We were at that time, I think, really starting to take a next step in professional rodeo in terms of media, outreach, getting our message, our word, just in terms of stories, coverage, in legitimate journalism operations. You know, there were a lot of rodeos back in the that I would go to late 90s, early 2000s. And and the local newspaper would line up an interview with me or with the rodeo queen or with, you know, some contestant who was there. And they'd send out a sports writer who had no idea what a rodeo was. They knew what a what a sport with a stick and a ball was. But they didn't know squat about rodeo. And so you were, asking the, you were answering the most very basic of questions or trying to educate them while you were talking to them. That's not happening quite as much. Or they'd send out a lifestyle writer who wanted to know all about, you know, how did the latest Garth Brooks song affect the, the, the business? That's what was going on at that time. Today, uh, the press room at the NFR is full. We've got instant access to results from all over the country. You've got Cowboy Channel, RFD TV, Rural Radio, and the Cowboy Channel Plus app streaming our events to hundreds of thousands of people. I would throw the Wrangler Network in on that too. They have been great um, in terms of their outreach um, to events across the country. So the landscape then, we were just in our infancy um, of really starting to get so much. That was the time, you know, you go back to 2005, 2006, that was a time when if you wanted to watch a performance of the NFR, you might have to stay up until midnight on ESPN2 and watch an hour-long abbreviated performance. Um, or or what year was it? So Jim Sharp, I think, was about to try to ride his 10th bull at the National Finals Rodeo. And ESPN cut us off so they could go to a football game or a basketball game or something. Um, yeah. We don't get that anymore. We are our own entity and our own... Um, program and our own coverage and that's that's the one thing that that you know the PRCA and their new agreement with the Cowboy Channel and with RFD TV and with Rural Radio has done is there is you know we're not getting tape delayed because the basketball game went into overtime anymore at the national finals we are our own entity fully live it's and so we've we've from where we were to where we are right now the changes are massive
1: you are the Chris Berman of rodeo Steve (laughs)
4: don't know if I'd go that far. Um, I'm just a guy trying to help out promoting a business that I love.
5: Steve, I want to stay on that subject right there. The Cowboy Channel this year has made waves in the world of rodeo. How has it been navigating
1: throughout this year, though, with all that's been going on?
4: Well, let's go back. Um, Last September, Mr. Gotch and Mr. George Taylor, the CEO of the PRCA, Steve Remplis from PRCA Properties, Uh, made the announcement of the Cowboy Channel's new agreement, which would take place on January 1st of 2020. At that time, all of us very happily in our lives had never heard the words coronavirus or COVID-19. And I don't know about anybody else, but if I never hear the words coronavirus and COVID-19 again, I will be a very happy man. But nobody had any clue. And so we're planning on going to Denver, San Antonio, San Angelo, Fort Worth, Houston. Um, and, and we're going along and we're doing our thing. We're put, we put on the American. And when we were putting on the American, to be honest, everybody in the background was like, where is this going? And a few days after, if we'd have put on the American a week or two later, I'm not sure it would have happened. Because it was only a few days after that, that the day that all of our eyes got opened up in the Western industry, in this business, um, to the fact that this COVID-19 thing was really serious was when after eight performances at the Houston livestock show and rodeo, they held a press conference with the mayor of the city of Houston and said, uh, you're shut down. And the people there got the notice and they were closed down by four o'clock that afternoon. And, you know, at that point, all of a sudden, all of our plans got tossed completely out of the window. We weren't going to Redding and Red Bluff and Logandale and, um, Turned out, Cheyenne, um, the big Fourth of July rodeos we we're going to do. All of a sudden, so we got through it on the immediate side of things by recognizing that people in the sport of rodeo are a little bit nostalgic and giving them something to enjoy, even if it wasn't current. We we programmed forty days of the NFR, twenty days of the Calgary Stampede, twenty more days of the NFR when. You know, we, we all learned that we need 15 days of everybody shut down to flatten the curve turned into three months of shutting everybody down. Um, and, and then when, when we slowly started coming back, we worked the Cowboy Channel. And I shouldn't say we because I actually had very little to do with it. Jeff Metters, Patrick Gotch, um, George Taylor, the people in Cave Creek, Arizona worked very close together. And you might remember Memorial Day. The very first rodeo back, no fans in the stands, kick open the chutes was the the positioning statement the PRCA used at the time. Cave Creek, Arizona, rodeo that um, brought us all back. And from Cave Creek to Woodward, Oklahoma, and from Woodward, Oklahoma to I forget where else we went. This The one blessing of this year, guys, interestingly enough, is because of the virus and because... The lifeline of professional rodeo this year was not the was not Cheyenne. It was not Reno. It was it was Gooding, Idaho and Woodward, Oklahoma. And, uh, you know, so many of these events that maybe the contestants, some of these big name contestants we're watching now at the NFR hadn't been to. Baker, Montana, um, they're going to all of them. And, and we televised as many, we got as many of those small and medium sized rodeos on television as we could. And that really was, was kind of the way that we built things from there. And, um, and, and in that sense, I guess I'm glad that those committees all got a chance to shine and got a chance to, to show off what they could do.
5: Yeah, that was, that was definitely cool. And, you know, in, in a sense, it seems like that was going back to where at a rodeo, you know, 60 years ago or 50 years ago or 40 years ago, you'd see the biggest name guys in rodeo at, you know, they're, they're going down the road. You know, it wasn't all about, you know, we got to go to this one. I mean, those guys would hustle and you'd see, you know, top names, however you want to go down the list. And so that was definitely neat to where I think that you got an opportunity to highlight some of these guys.
1: Hold that thought, Goder. We got to take a quick break.
0: fans, I hope this finds all of you well. It's Brad Garrett, the comedian from the basement at the MGM Grand. Remember me? Of course you don't. Listen, I know this has been a difficult year for all of us, but just rest assured that everybody here at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas cannot wait to welcome you back, all of our NFR pals in 2021. So, uh, I can't wait to look out into that audience and, uh, see all those cowboy hats. I'll be hiding behind the rock, waiting for the locomotive. So, stay well, and see you soon.
5: Hello everyone, this is Benji Bendeley, Wrangler National Finals Rodeo Music Director, and this is NFR Extra.
1: We're hanging with the face and co-host of Western Sports Roundup, Mr. Steve Kenyon. In 2009, he was honored with the PRCA's Excellence in Broadcast Media Award and in 2016 received the WPRA Media Award during the annual WPRA Star Celebration in Las Vegas in recognition of the media coverage he has given to the WPRA and its members through the years. One thing, Steve, that, you
5: know... I think that this is very interesting and it is kind of a new um, platform that that we're standing on here for the cowboy channel. And we had a brief opportunity to talk to Jeff Metters about this, but you don't have to have any more, a full fledged cowboy channel, you know, a uh, semi truck going down the road um, to video these, these rodeos now. So that's gotta be a tremendous opportunity for you guys to get feeds from other, you know, from other guys to be able to broadcast on cowboy channel. Is it not?
4: Oh, yeah. Um, You know, and I I guess what I'm about to say is going to sound like me shamelessly hawking the app. But on the Cowboy Channel Plus app, we can carry six events at one time. So we can we can show, you know, events from all over the country simultaneously. All we have to do is work with the rodeo committee. We can send a suitcase size, backpack size piece of equipment out to them. They can plug it into their existing scoreboard feed. Would we love to be able to send a truck to every single event that we go to and and all of that? Sure, but logistics and and everything else, it just probably is never going to be possible. But you know, that's another thing that is so awesome about you know technology now with the video boards and with you know fiber optics that can go into communities where maybe the uh, you're you're sitting there and you're going, oh, I, I've only got one bar of cell service, and you're thinking, how in the world are we going to get this thing on the air? People are still getting everything done technically to be able to, to share these events. And, uh, and so we had a chance this year, you know, Brylin asked about, you know, how did we, what were the the logistics of this like and what was the landscape like? About 350 out of the 700, roughly, these are real raw numbers. About half the rodeos that normally happen in the PRCA happened this year. And we had the opportunity to televise a good sized portion of them. Um, And, from mesquite texas which just won the small rodeo of the year award to um i mentioned gooding idaho a rodeo that i love it was it was shared on on different platforms To i mean there there just were a lot of events that we were able to get on the air and I'm, i'm really happy for it several of the circuit finals um what will next year look like i don't know we we need to get everybody vaccinated and get our lives back to normal take this new normal and get rid of it get our old normal back and then we'll go from there but um the answer to your question, Steve, is, yeah, we, we are able to, with a, with a minimal amount of equipment and not having to send production trucks all over the country, um, share some of these major events and share some of the, even the smaller and medium-sized events, which is awesome.
1: Did, did you, ha- so obviously you had to research these rodeos that you probably weren't over on the radar and things like that. I mean, how interesting was that, diving into some of these just rodeos? that you normally already know that are on the path that you guys were going to cover?
4: You know, Nevada, it's a lot of fun because, I mean, we're all of a sudden I'm learning about, you know, what what is this event in um, some city that nobody's ever been to? Um, and I say nobody's ever been to, and I don't mean that to sound like a pejorative because it's not. But, you know, the contestants this year, they had to do the same thing. They were all of a sudden learning how to get Orin Larson in the, in the, uh, particularly in June and July, when he really hit the gas pedal. And every time you looked at the results from the, from the PRCA, he was 87, 88 points somewhere. He would drive from Arkansas to, um, South Dakota. It seemed like, uh, with, without even thinking about it. Um, and, and we did, we, we had to, we had to do a lot of research. We, we got to know a lot of committee people. We put a lot of committee people on television um, Nephi, Utah got a real shot, uh, spotlight shine on it this year, because not only did they produce a rodeo that won the committee Remuda award for the year, but we, we took our, our cameras there, showed their rodeo with half of the crowd. That's a town with a 10, 11,000 seat rodeo arena and 5,000 people live in town. That's how popular the, the sport of rodeo is there. Wow. Um, and I got to know all about Chris Mehmet and the group they call the Magnificent Seven. That's a seven member rodeo committee. And then they turn around and they host the Extreme Bulls finale. Um, And so we got to know Nephi really, really well. That's a a great little town I think a lot of contestants are going to have on their radar next year. Maybe that didn't have on their radar last year. Um, Greeley, Colorado um, played host to the Ram National Circuit Finals rodeo this year. That was a heroic effort for them because they're supposed to have a 4th of July event. They can't have their 4th of July event. They get to talking to the PRCA in August. They announced they're putting on the PRCA's national championship in September. Um, that's the other thing that we learned this year, guys, was how many of these events happened with a month's notice or less or a couple of weeks notice or less? Um, I forget the committee. There was a committee that had had like the, the, a county agency or a major sponsoring agency, the Badland Circuit Finals, not North Dakota. They had a group that has been a- affiliated with their event and worked really hard to put on the Badlands Circuit Finals rodeo for years. They they decided on Monday that they were not going to be able to be involved and the Badlands Circuit Finals still happened the following Friday without this major sponsoring event, um, without this major sponsoring organization. So I you know you mentioned learning about these committees, not only did we learn about the committees and the communities where the events were taking place, we learned about some really heroic efforts in those committees. To and those communities to make these events happen. That's awesome.
5: You talked about timelines a little bit right there. I believe it was September fifteenth, seventeenth when we announced NFR is heading to Texas. Yep. What has it been like covering every minute and second of what is happening here in Texas? I mean, the Cowboy Channel, RFD TV, it's all been insane the amount of content you guys are pushing out right now.
4: It has been a unique experience for a lot of reasons. I remember, I think I've got the numbers right here, but I remember doing an interview with George Taylor, the CEO of the PRCA, and with, and with, with Mr. Gotch, and the number was 87 days at that moment when we announced that the National Finals Rodeo was coming to Global Globe Life Field. Think about this. You probably got an earful of it. When you talk to Glenn Allen Phillips, the general manager of the NFR, he takes a job in January planning on putting on an event in Las Vegas in December, uh, spends all summer not knowing whether or not that event is actually going to happen in Las Vegas or anywhere. And then all of a sudden three months before it's supposed to happen. Oh yeah. This, this thing, we always take a year to plan. You get three months to put it together, have fun. Um, and we're going to a baseball field and, uh, the, the, the process of this happening, the governor of Texas got involved. The mayors of Arlington and Fort Worth got involved. Uh, the Cowboy Channel got involved. The Texas Rangers got involved. The PRCA obviously is right at the center of it. Um, we added a national finals breakaway roping just to make life even more interesting for everybody. Three days starting uh, tomorrow, if, if folks are listening to this on Monday night. Um, the, the, I have no idea how many conference calls, Zoom calls, Meetings in person have probably taken place. But in three months, the National Finals Rodeo, Las Vegas Events was working on 2020 before 2019 was over at the NFR. And then they get the plug pulled and then the PRCA goes out and finds a place. Las Vegas Events says, yeah, you have our permission, even though the contract says the event will be in Las Vegas, you have our permission to go someplace else this year. And we'll start to think about 2021 Las Vegas events deserves a massive amount of credit for still being very involved in what's happening here in Texas, for being a part of the entity that facilitated this whole thing happening in three months to make this rodeo come together here at Globe Life Field. It was, it was really, I, if somebody were to ever write the story of what the last three months have been, I think what you would find is this has been a Herculean task to make this all happen. Um, and bring what has been through the first four nights of the event a quality product to Globe Life Field.
1: Let's get in one more break. NFR Extra follows Cowboys, talks to legends and country stars, and finds the stories that make up the season that leads to the annual showdown in December. Follow me, Nevada Caldwell, Brylan Bentley, and Steve Godert as we delve deep into the stories in and behind The Road to Gold. Listen to NFR Extra on Rural Radio, channel 147 on Sirius XM, every Monday at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern, with our re-air Tuesday in the same time slot. NFR Extra, all dirt, all rodeo, all year.
5: I'm eight-time world champion bull rider, Donnie Gay, and you're listening to NFR Extra.
1: We are back with Steve Kenyon. Western Sports Roundup, hosted by Steve Kenyon and Amy Wilson and Janie Johnson. This one-hour series recaps rodeo results from around the country and includes interviews with special guests, plus footage of the latest performance in Western sports. Cass at 6 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday, on Rural Radio Channel 147 on
4: Sirius XM.
5: Are you enjoying this adventure on your end of I broadcasting? Am. You, know,
4: you know, what's interesting is what the Cowboy Channel is, is trying to do, what RFT TV is trying to do, what Rural Radio is trying to do. Um, are any of you guys football fans? Oh, yeah. Okay. You ever watch the day of the Super Bowl? Yep. How long is the television coverage of the Super Bowl on Super Bowl Sunday? All day. It's all day. It's ten or twelve hours. It kick. You know the, the networks do. You know their normal pregame show maybe starting at nine in the morning, and and then they they start to kick it up about noon and kickoff times maybe five twenty or six twenty Eastern time. We're doing that every day. We're doing ten hours of TV a day. We've got Flint Rasmussen show. We've got um, a three hour long tailgate show. I was to be bluntly honest, I was really worried about how we were going to make all this happen. And the reason was COVID because all of the contestants are being COVID tested. All of us in the media had to get COVID tests. We we know the story of Donna K rule, not able to compete. We know the story of Caleb Smith, not able to compete. Um, we've all had to get COVID tested. I, the first thing I do every morning is check my email to see if I'm on the random list to go back and have somebody stick another swab up my nose. Um, and so the contestants are having to balance – this is unique from their standpoint – are having to balance how they keep themselves from being in a position where they could be disqualified because they flunk a COVID test with wanting to try to still fulfill as many obligations as they can to media, fans, etc. But they're in a little bit of a bubble at this NFL, and people have to understand that. You may not get to go get an autograph from your favorite bareback rider or barrel racer this year because they're having to do what they can to avoid large crowds and to avoid exposure. We all are um, because their first job is still to try to win as much money as they can and to try to win a world championship. But from a media standpoint, think about it from this standpoint. We're used to having a lot of face-to-face interviews, getting a lot of Cowboys either to come to our studios in Fort Worth or or getting with them face-to-face. And we've still done it. We've had to set up a a unique setup where the interviewer and the, the contestant are 10 feet apart but we don't have the access to the contestants that we normally have either and we're still putting together a 10 hour day of television every day covering the national finals rodeo so I think it's been a it's been a really really fun thing to watch and and like I say I was wrong I was really worried that we were going to be able to pull it off a week ago at this time and now all of a sudden I'm looking at it going we're pulling this on uh,
1: yeah let me add, that was some loaded stuff, but I want to kind of, as a fan of what you asked about watching football and game day, Super Bowl, things like that, love what you guys are doing. Uh, I've been texting matters this whole time just about super, I mean, and I'm not one to be impressed, but I'm just saying, as a fan, I've been extremely impressed of what you guys have been pulling off, which it, I know that's not easy. But the coverage of what's going on down there in Cowtown, right near your, your backyard of the studio is awesome. The lead up with you, I guess I know you don't like this, but being the Chris Berman of this entire situation, I think is you're kind of a pivotal role. Every time you turn on Cowboy channel, you're the kind of the pit in the pendulum to. Yeah, I'm sick of me
4: too. That's what you're trying to say to Matt. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but what I really enjoy, and this is something I'm mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm putting you on a pedestal, Steve, because I I think this is deservedly. So and definitely hearing how far you've come in this business. Fast forward to the nightly coverage. This is where I like what they've done there, and I know Metters. Metters is, you know, obviously Metters is a huge basketball fan, and when you watch it, you got this NBA finals playoff kind of feel coverage, which I love. I love what they do with you, inserting you at times throughout the the, the coverage. I don't know uh, Steve or Brian. Don't even know this, but like just how they drop you in there, and you add this bit of knowledge or things that move it along that. These things weren't happening prior to
4: Cowboy Channel covering the rodeo a la we, NFR. We've got an interesting crew. Um, think about our team this way. Jeff's been doing this for 28 years with the NFR. He and Butch Knowles have been partnered up for most of those 28 years. Um, I, I'm just going to throw this out there. I'd like to see Jeff and Butch both go into the Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame someday together because of their three decades together of promoting and and selling professional rodeo they you know jeff is the one that can tell you more than anybody about the years when you'd have to turn on espn three at midnight to see you know an hour-long condensed version of the nfr and now all of a sudden here it is 10 hours a day um joe beaver hall of famer eight-time world champion luke branquino needs to be in the hall of fame five-time world champion Donnie gay eight-time world champion in the hall of fame um Amy Wilson is doing something she loves having a chance to interview. Janie Johnson, um, has been all over both the, uh, the, the tailgate show and, and last night she was part of the telecast during the barrel race. Um, we've got a, and then there's a little old me doing what I do. We've got a great team. We've got a, um, there is, there is so much knowledge. Trevor Brazil, the $7 million man is involved in the pregame show with Justin McKee. Um, there are people on that list that I don't know how many world championships when you add them all together. I'm not that good at math that fast, but there's 40 or 50 world championships and, you know, a couple hundred trips to the national finals rodeo just in our contested, our, 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 our analyst roster. And, uh, and so I think that part of it has been really special to be able to bring that much talent together um, to put on the broadcast and make the telecast work. I totally agree. I love it. I mean, I honestly, I'm a
1: huge fan, and it's been nice to just kind of dive in, turn on the Cowboy Channel, let it ride all day. And, um, man, it's awesome, Steve. I Well, first of all, sir, I know you're busy. We're only at hump day right now. So uh, I'm sure your plate is plenty full with what's going on right as you peek out that window of the studio. So I appreciate you coming on.
4: Thank you. You know, this thing's always... Um, and, and Stephen Brylin and, and Nevada, you'll all agree with this, I think. This thing's always kind of like Christmas. And this year, it's been more like Christmas than usual because there's the buildup, there's the anticipation, there's the, okay, we got 80 days to put on a rodeo, we got 60 days to put on a rodeo. Oh, my God, the rodeo's going to be here in 30 days. Oh, Lord, the rodeo's next week. It's here. And in less than a week from now, it's going to be like, what happened? It's over. Um, but I think a lot of people at some point, are going to be able to rodeo committees across the country, large and small, whether they made their rodeos happen or whether they didn't. And I think the ones who did not have a road, I'm just going to throw this out there. And I know you're trying to wrap this up, but but just take this moment to throw this out there. I think the committees who, who had to make the decision that they would not have a rodeo this year, and it was not usually their decision. It was usually some combination of the County health department, the city, the state, Um, various levels of shutdown, and economic downturn in their communities. Committees had to decide, okay, we may have to go fanless. How much money can we afford to lose and still put on an event? And at that point, it becomes a heartbreaking decision for them because they've invested six, nine months, a year of their lives planning for a 2020 rodeo. And a month before it happens, two weeks before it happens, they have to say to the community, we're not doing this this year, unfortunately. Um, Those people deserve a massive amount of credit because every one of them I've talked to has already started working on 2021. They're, they're not quitting. They made the best business decision they could for their entity. Um, for those who did put on a rodeo, they deserve all the love in the world. And I hope contestants will keep some of those smaller and medium sized rodeos that they maybe don't get to all the time on their radar next year. And we'll try to get back to them. Cause I know how much those people loved having, you know, world champions in town that maybe maybe don't get every other year and for the people who are enjoying the nfr coverage i just say thank you because we have worked
5: really really hard to put it all together you're here i think that's the best note we could end on sounds good to me appreciate it steven that was awesome
1: want to give a thousand thanks to mr steve kenyon for hanging with us on nfr extra
3: want to experience more of nfr then visit NFRexperience.com and we invite you to subscribe to nfr extra on apple Podcasts, spotify iHeartRadio, or wherever you're listening right now if you like what you've heard on nfr extra we would love it if you gave us a big five-star rating and tell your friends how to subscribe
1: nfr extra all dirt all rodeo all year